Hey, I'm Mel. And I'm Andres. And you're listening to Mixtape, Mixtape your favorite Afro-Latin podcast. What she said. Let's liberate our mind from our current problems for a moment by listening to Zook. Let's entertain ourselves and then come back to solving them. Zook is basically like a good night's sleep. After working very hard, one feels in better shape. Today's single presents an interview with one of the founders of Kasav, Pierre-Edouard Desimou. We are incredibly privileged and grateful we had the opportunity to talk with someone with the career and artistic stature such as his. This interview with Pierre is part of the investigative work for track 10 of our second season, Zook Party. Check it out. Pierre's interview was edited to fit the frame of our season two episode, but we knew we had to take an opportunity to share the full interview. For the French version of the episode, our translator, Anne Hansoon, will be translating our comments into French. Today's single title is inspired by the song Kasaf 7 by Kasaf. Let's start by learning about our illustrious guest. We asked Pierre Adoua to share with us a brief description of his career, where he's from, where he learned music, and in which groups he has participated. The English version of Pierre Adois' comments is presented by Jamel Flowers, a Charlotte-based R&B singer and friend of the podcast. Je commence la musique relativement jeune. To keep it short, I started my musical career at a relatively young age. I think I became a professional musician around the age of 17 or 18 years old, around 1966. I was born in Guadeloupe in 1947. I was self-taught, and my first music group was called the Vikings de Guadeloupe, whom I joined in as early as 1966. And it became my school. I gained all my musical experience there with them. It's within this group that I learned how to play all the types of music from the Caribbean, but also all the music we learned when we were children. In addition to being a music school to me, it was also a school of life. I learned that life in a community is based on mutual respect. Respect is the most important value I learned with them. Starting in 1978, I started questioning my belonging to the Vikings. It felt strange to me to belong to a group called the Vikings. When I wasn't blonde and didn't have blue eyes, It was actually a child who first asked me, why are you called the Vikings? From that moment on, I started my reflection. Around the same time, I met Jacob Devereaux in 1978, and we started working together on the question of quests for identity affirmation and the fact that we needed to give meaning to the music we played and to the discourse we wanted to promote through our songs. We wanted to bring meaning. And all of this work led to the birth of the musical group Kasav, and naturally, of Zouk. 
part of Kasav, which many people associate with the creation of Zook. Tell us about the inception of Kasav and the role the group played in the creation of Zook. I'm going to start by addressing the relationship between Kasav and the word Zook. The word Zook originated from Martinique and originally meant, and still means, a surprise party, or, as the French language puts it, c'est bon. It's a party that happens between close friends. When Patrick saint Eloi, a late member of Kassav, talked about Zouk, he would say, this is Zouk. By this he meant, dear spectator, you are not here to attend a concert. Act as though you were at a c'est with your friends. Have fun, express yourself, let yourself live. And this is what Zouk is about. And then it's the audience who started naming Kassav's music Zouk. But the group itself had not invented the word Zouk, which has existed in Martinique since the 50s after the war. The original word Zouk back then designated a place where sugarcane factory workers would gather after receiving their paycheck. It was a very tribal atmosphere when workers played dice, cards, drank together, they played music, there was food. It was rather a place of ill repute. And later in the 60s, the young people from the Martinique, when going to the Sabon, would say, we are going to a zouk. When Kassav was created, 90% of the songs played during these parties organized by young people were from Kassav. So from the 80s onward, the public identified zouk with Kassav music, but Kassav never came up with the word itself and simply invented a musical style that the young adopted starting in 1982 through 1983, and gradually it became Zouk. <laughs> What musical rhythms contributed to the creation of Zouk? It's a beautiful question. It allows me to say that in Kassav's music between 1978 and 1984, the group Kassav doesn't exist. But everything stems from the appellation of musical concepts that Jacques Devereux, George Deschamps, Jean-Claude Nemiro, myself, had fun maneuvering and developing as researchers. They had one goal, to express everything they loved in music when they were younger. Blues, Haitian music, and especially Haitian compa and many others. Therefore, in Zouk, one can find rhythms from Haiti, Guadeloupe, Martinique, American music like jazz, French yi it's self-inspired by American rock music. In Zouk, you can find all the musical expressions that the youth in the 1980s loved and listened to. I would also like to add that you can also find calypso, reggae, and Latin music. All of these genres lived with them. They used to listen to them on the radio, and also with the kind of music that their parents listened to. Our childhood was steeped in all these genres, and they nourished our creation.
how did the name Kassav become the chosen name of the group? Alors, il faut savoir, c'est très important à comprendre. This is very important. When I launched my first album after the Vikings, I wanted to name it Kassav because I had come to understand that in a group, there are musicians who were natural-born leaders. And I considered I didn't have what it took to be in the star system. So with my friends, we had decided that we'd gather behind one leader, who at the time was Camille Sopranen, and had taken the Ka, the C-A, from Camille, and the So from Sopranen, and it gave us Caso Exploration. However, this album was relatively expensive, so the producers asked us to add the word Viking to the title so the Vikings fans would recognize themselves in that album, which then became Caso Vikings Guadalupe Exploration. But after the album was released, I wasn't content because the unbiblical chord with the Vikings hadn't been severed, and I didn't like that. So I stopped everything with the Vikings to do something completely different. I opened a shop, a haberdashery, a men's clothing store, in order to complete a whole sanitary purge of the Vikings. I didn't even want to hear about music anymore. One day, I was offered to sell some magazines. I accepted and therefore always had magazines in my shop that I would read. One day, I found an article telling the story of Gold the Rock. And I learned that the promoters of the anime Gold the Rock came up with this title by asking a computer to search for successful words. That's how I learned that in order to have a successful name, one needed to have G, a K, and an S in it. Letters I recognized in Vikings. And I thought the reason why Vikings was so successful is because it had the right letters in its name. And from there, I started exploring Creole words, which contained these letters. Among these words were the word Kassav. Furthermore, the story of Goldorak talked about the need for the word to contain a heartfelt or spiritual mention. I then remembered that when I was little, the neighbor who was making cassav would forbid us from playing with the maniac juice from the cassav because the juice contains arsenic, which is poison. So now, when asked why the word cassav, we say it's because one needs to know how to prepare what we do because it can either feed you or kill you. By extension, one needs to be careful while listening to cassav's music because it can either accompany you in your life. But if you're not in the right spiritual mindset, it can potentially destroy you. It started as a joke, but it's a story on which I based my choice of the word for my group. How would someone know they are listening to the Sukh rhythm? What rhythm patterns, sounds, and instruments characterize this rhythm? Groove, first of all. At the start, 
I considered that all music coming from the depths of the soul is a blues. We wanted to ensure that any music we produced was sufficiently profound, but also had the kind of rhythm that would allow people to dance and that speaks to the soul. We found close proximity with American blues because both genres stemmed from the same historical roots. History gave us children of Africa. In the United States, it gave us cotton blues. In Cuba, son montuno. In Trinidad, calypso. Bossa Nova in Brazil. Roca in Guadeloupe. In Belle and Martinique. Any place history gave a child from Africa, there's been Creole blues. But when one says the word blues, the international subconscious automatically thinks of the U.S. only. Later, with Jekyll Devereaux, we wanted to find a word that would represent us beyond the rhythm of Zouk for any of the other genres. We found cotton blues and sugarcane blues because slavery was very much associated with sugar economy. But we thought these words were too long. Zouk is made of many influences, the Americas, Europe. We can find all the music of the world, but it's not precise enough. Zouk, Calypso, Kizomba, they have the same root. So I prefer to say groove. As long as the music grooves, there is passion, sincerity, and it speaks to the soul. Then, when it comes to specifically distinguishing Kizomba from Zouk, the audience is the one who will eventually decide whether and how they vibe with the music. Because it's too complicated to know which part of the rhythm will precisely distinguish him. The question of identifying Kizomba from Zouk is very difficult for me. Can you tell us about the different types of Zouk? We've heard of two, Zouk Love and Zouk Beton. What makes them different and what are they? There exists researchers, particularly Rudy Benjamin, the creator of the music group Dissonance, who explains this very well. I'm not enough of a specialist to answer the question, but we do say that when a Zouk song is fast and festive, it tends to be Zouk beton, and generally the tempo is around 108 BPMs. Under 100 BPM, so a slower rhythm, it's Zouk love because we can get closer to one another, and it favors slow dancing. We have this notion in the world that on an international scale, when the economy isn't doing well, people get closer to each other. So things like waltz and slow dance are preferred because they need to feel safe, whereas during the golden years, like the Roaring Twenties, you had the development of faster genres like rock and roll. People have fun and let go. It's a universal phenomenon in music. We did have among us artists like 
Patrick St. Eloir, who was the singer who popularized Zulu love because in his songs he used Creole words that wouldn't normally be used in songs to talk about love. It was a bit taboo. And he found the words in Creole that he could insert to talk about love, but very simply. And then naturally, this style, which was successful, inspired other artists and gave birth to the movement Zouk Love. Hey, it's me, Mal, one of the hosts of the Mixtape Podcast. I wanted to take just a few seconds to remind you that in the Mixtape Podcast, we aim to center the contribution of Black people and culture across Latin America, the Caribbean, and their diasporas through dance and music. If you're enjoying this episode, please be sure to check out our Season 2 episode, Zook Party, and our latest Were You Listening episode, which contextualizes Kasav's famous song, Zook Lasses El Medica Manumi, my new favorite song to blast on grocery runs. Give those a listen. You'll learn more about the roots and incredible development of Zook. Follow us on Instagram at mixtape.podcast and click the link tree in our bio to find all of our episodes across platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, let's get back to Pierre. Okay, be honest with me here, Pierre. Do you consider yourself a dancer? Do you ever dance Zook? I don't know how to dance at all. I am part of the very few musicians who do not know how to dance. It's very true. But then you have exceptions like Jean-Michel Rotton, who is an excellent dancer as well as an excellent singer. There are very few of them. Jean-Michel Rotin, Michael Jackson... What do Zouk songs talk about? Are there Zouk Kassav songs that talk about blackness explicitly in any way, like as part of a struggle or perhaps as pride or celebration? Many. All these questions of identity, quest, and affirmation are tackled by Kassav, but in a way that will speak to the larger possible number of people. Kassav's songs reflect a lot on human relationships because it asks so many profound questions. There's been a lot of ethnical mix, so it feels important to address this topic without necessarily leading the guerrilla or armed rebellion because we can't know when we are right. Kassav's songs are therefore an invitation to ask ourselves, who are we? I also wanted to ask you about the famous Kassav song, Sukla Sessel Medicamanuni. What's the story behind this song? It is a song which apparently says that the only medicine we have is Zouk. 
It basically explains how considering all the problems that we have, Zook helps us overcome the big interrogations that we have and which stem from all the issues we face in our modern world, like the environmental crisis, economic problems, immigration, xenophobia, which all are vitally important questions. So thanks to Zook for a moment, one is able to go beyond and transcend all these issues. It tells us, take a little bit of music, take a little bit of Zook. But Zook in its largest expression can be very festive or very love and therefore nostalgic. So basically, one should listen to Zook not to bury their problems, but to better overcome and solve them. Let's liberate our mind from our current problems for a moment by listening to Zook. Let's entertain ourselves and then come back to solving them. Zook is basically like a good night's sleep after working very hard. One feels in better shape. I see that you just launched a book titled Who's Up? Kasaf, Love and Cat Dance. Could you tell us more about it? It's a testimony by young Guadalupean children who explain the genesis of what has become the group Kasaf. They explain the socio-cultural context which allowed the group to stay together for so long despite many different personalities and ethnicities. There were Europeans, Americans, English-speaking people, uh, an Armenian, someone from Trinidad. It's, it's a little like, like Noah's Ark, with people busy figuring out how to live together. And it's like an, an analogy of how we're all deemed to live together on one planet, but in mutual respect. I think European bet too much on the precepts, liberty, equality, fraternity, whereas in nature, equity is what dominates first. First of all, I am more of a supporter of the concept of equity over equality. Second, when I observed how nature works, I can see a hierarchy which doesn't know equality. Animals aren't free. For me, living in society means respecting rules that we all adopt. There isn't actual liberty, and one should be careful when using this word. This book is a statement about how I see nature as a universal encyclopedia in which everyone could follow and implement knowledge, no matter their skill level. You can be an engineer, a farmer, or an ordinary citizen. But we still find rules to live together. One of my favorite things about this interview with Pierre is this focus on identity. We talked a lot about this personally in our very first episode and continue to talk about this with every rhythm we explore. When Pierre says that Kasav songs are an invitation to ask ourselves who we are, it's a reminder to me how impactful music and culture is and reminds me of the importance of our work in centering the Black roots of these rhythms. I completely agree. 
And there's one more thing that really stood out from our conversation with him. His refreshing humility. There's sometimes so much arrogance in the world of art, but here you have this music pioneer. With so many decades of experience, and he was so, so humble when talking about the incredible history of his group. Really remarkable. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where you can find us at mixtape.podcast. And also on Twitter or X and YouTube, which you can find on our website, themixtapepodcast.com. Make sure you click the subscribe button and turn on notifications. Do you have any suggestions, questions, or comments? Email us at themixtapepodcast at gmail.com. Remember that you can also send us audio clips with your reflections for future episodes. This episode was sponsored in part by the Orange County Arts Commission. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape.